Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Rowan Nadler, and my co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, is on the line. Between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. We always try to bring you interesting guests that can add a little tips and practices to help you and the people you deal with become top performers. And today, our guest is Dr. Michael Barry on forgiveness. Reverend Barry is the director of the Pastoral Care Center at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Philadelphia. He specializes in the connection between spirituality and health, particularly as it relates to cancer. He has written two books on the topic. One, A Reason for Hope, which deals primarily with issues related to faith and physical well-being. And the second, A Season for Hope, a daily devotional for those battling cancer. His third book, and most recent, is The Art of Caregiving, deals with how to lend support and encouragement to loved ones with a chronic illness. Reverend Barry earned a Doctor of Ministry degree at Fuller Theology Seminary. He earned a Master's of Divinity degree at Princeton Theology Theological uh, Seminary and a Bachelor of Arts degree at the University of Texas at Austin. Throughout his 20-year ministry, Reverend Barry has conducted numerous radio and television television interviews around the country on the topic of spirituality and health. And you know that Kathy and I always want to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews of proven leaders like we're going to do today, to provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. And Kathy, welcome to the call. Thanks, Riley. It's an honor and a privilege today to welcome the Dr. Michael Berry, also Reverend Michael Berry, and um, he is a coach. Uh, he is a, an inspirational speaker. He is a leader in so many ways, not only at Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout the nation, but uh, in his area of expertise, which is in health and healing. He's an innovator in this whole idea around forgiveness, and it is such an honor to have him on the show today. And by the way, for those of you who are always with us on Mondays listening to our show about leadership development news. You know that we are really big advocates about leadership and the importance of leaders and their role as the heartbeat of any organization. And you know most leaders will tend to underestimate just how much they influence others. And then as a result, they can, well, they can bring down the performance of a team. And what we try to do in every show is bring to you and to those who want to work with you, a few things that you can do differently to really maybe, well, even drastically improve your performance and your organizations. But if not, certainly there are small steps you can do every day that make small improvements that matter. And one of the things we want you to know in every show is a little bit about how to develop you as a leader or the leaders around you, what happy companies know about performance, and what emotional intelligence and positive psychology strategies can do to bring the best performance to your organization. We'd like to talk about brain and neuroscience contributions to top performance and leadership as well, and we'll talk a little bit about that today with Dr. Michael Barry. We talk about gender and gender differences, excuse me, gender and generation differences 
differences. We also talk about work-life balance practices and strategies for just being your best as well as managing your boss. And we also like to give you self-management tools and tips to help you be your best every day. So today we're going to focus on forgiveness. Dr. Michael Berry is going to talk to us more about the science of forgiveness and how it can improve your performance and the performance of those around you. It's a very little-known leadership skill and innovation that Dr. Ma- Michael Berry is really going to be one of those people you're going to remember because he's so well known for this work. And really, before we bring him on, I'm so excited, I can't wait. Can you just tell our audience a little bit about the science behind leadership? Sure, Kathy. I'm interested in hearing what uh, Michael has to say. I think for often leaders need to forgive their folks and themselves. I mean, because of the performance base, there's always something that's going wrong, and they can always be, you know, focusing on that. And so leaders have a lot of influence, and we're going to learn about in, uh, about forgiveness. But we like to say that leaders have between 50 and 70% influence over the climate of their team, and that's why we talk about leaders so much. They are the emotional thermostat for the team because emotions are contagious, what they do. They're the most highly contagious person in the organization is the leader. And the key to being a star performer Typically, as, uh, as we define as someone in the top 10%, and the key factor is emotional intelligence. And as a leader moves up the ladder, the more and more they need this emotional intelligence when compared to IQ and compared to their technical expertise. And we talk about this as a tipping point, that if you can get someone into the top 10%, they produce twice as much revenue to the organization as managers in the 89th percentile and below. And also, in most organizations, training is a part of that, and training is very helpful. You can get about a 22% increase in productivity. But if you add coaching to that, individual coaching, really integrating the learning, you can get about an 88% boost in productivity. And we know doing a few things differently, like Kathy was saying, these micro-initiatives can create a macro-impact for you and your organization. If you're interested in more information from Dr. Kathy Greenberg, her website is www.h2cleadership.com for her happiness books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching services. If you're interested in more information from me, Dr. Rowan Adler, my website is www.truenorthleadership for emotional intelligence books, some free EI assessments, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching boot camps. And Kathy, you want to tell us a little bit more about Michael, and then we'll start quizzing him around forgiveness. It, it's a it's apple. Well, I'm I'm tongue tied. I cannot tell you how excited I am. I really am tongue tied. It's such an absolute privilege and a pleasure to have Dr. Michael Berry with us today. And whether you refer to him as Doctor or Reverend doesn't matter. He is one of those individuals who is rare. Um, he's spiritual. He's giving. Um, he is one of our founders of our Journey of Hope program at CTCA. He is a very special person because he is one of those rare gifted individuals who understands the importance of the whole person approach to cancer care. And at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, we incorporate faith as both a practical and often a very necessary resource for healing, but it's often ignored. And uh, Reverend Michael Berry is director of that pastoral care center at CTCA. He now resides at Eastern Regional Medical Center. He was previously with the uh, Midwestern Regional Center in Zion in Illinois. And he works daily with cancer patients 
and their families as they cope with the disease and move towards recovery. And he has written very specialized books for the very common man, the very common woman, the person who's being touched by this, uh, I want to say, horrible disease on a daily basis. And he makes it so clear, so easy, and so helpful for people through his writing. He has written two books, uh, Reason for Hope, uh, which deals, as you said, primarily with issues related to faith and physical well-being, and A Season for Hope, a daily devotional for those battling cancer. But his third book and his most recent book is The Art of Caregiving, which deals with how to lend support and encouragement to loved ones with a chronic illness. And many of us work in organizations today. For those of you who are regular listeners of Leadership Development News, you know what we're talking about. And that chronic illness is stress, um, it is deadlines, uh, it is policies, it is procedures, it is unfortunately a way of life we've become accustomed to, but our bodies have not. And I think what uh, Dr. Michael Berry has to share with us today on the subject of forgiveness is going to be powerful, enlightening, insightful, and scientific. So without further ado, welcome, Michael, to the show. It's great to be with you, Kathy. Thank you, Michael. It's something we always start with is trying to find out who's been most influential to you, maybe some of the people or thinkers in your life, and that have shaped some of your thinking and, and your work today. So maybe you can... Well, as the saying goes, talent attracts talent. And, um, you know, I have taken leadership courses at the graduate level, the doctoral level. I feel like at one point I had read everything there is to know about leadership. And and, uh, although, you know, I have to admit that I never felt like I was a great leader, um, I do feel somewhat versed in the topic and uh, and can just without question say the, the premier leader I have ever met had a chance to, to work with is Richard J. Stevenson, who is the founder of Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Uh, Dick is an a, amazing person. There's many things he could be doing with his life, and the fact that he's chosen to um, follow the star of trying to defeat cancer and uh, to improve um, human well-being, to me, is just a, a phenomenal star to follow. But he's also such a charismatic fellow that he's also attracted many other very, very talented people to follow that star with him. Um, and it, it would just, it would be endless in terms of the, the individuals that he has been able to attract to, to uh, attempt to try and, and uh, defeat cancer, as it were. Uh, I could talk about John McNeil, for example. He's the president here at Eastern Regional Medical Center in Philadelphia, uh, he is also just uh, just an amazing uh, a gentleman himself. But John would be the first to say to you that he's one among many that have helped make this organization what it is. And so can't reduce it down to one, but if I had to, I'd probably say Richard J. Stevenson, quite an extraordinary and exceptional man. Fascinating, isn't it, how we meet people who seem in this life uh, just ordinary people who have a passion or conviction about something, and then they begin to create momentum around them. And um, Richard Stevenson is one of those special people who, through his own experience, losing his mother to cancer, didn't want anybody else's mother to have to suffer through what she had suffered through and founded these hospitals. And Michael and I met in around 2003, if my memory serves me correctly, Michael. That's right. When I was uh, looking for... uh, 
different organizations that I could use in my first book, What Happy Companies Know, to demonstrate the happy principles. And um, it was fascinating to me to meet with this gentleman, to meet with John McNeil, to meet Bob Mayo, to meet uh, Steve Bonner and uh, the gracious Reverend Michael Berry, who spent inordinate time with me explaining this important philosophy around forgiveness that has been a foothold in the journey for recovery from cancer at CTCA. Well, you know, they say wise men follow stars, and uh, the, the, the star that Dick is following is just uh, an amazing thing. And to see, you know, so many others crystallize behind that same pursuit is a, a remarkable thing to be a part of. Well, so, Michael, we're going to start trying to zero in a little bit more on some of these uh, this concept of forgiveness. And, and why would a cancer hospital, from your experience, uh, be interested in forgiveness? And maybe just to position this, how long have you been with the cancer hospital? I started on a part-time basis in 2002, and uh, it wasn't too long thereafter that uh, the hospital in Philadelphia came online, and they invited me to come out here. So I've been here four years in Philadelphia as the director of pastoral care here. And could I just ask, Michael, if you would just give our listeners a little bit of background on you prior to joining CTCA? I've been in parish ministry, uh, meaning that I have been pastors of churches throughout the United States for the 15 years prior to coming here. Before that, uh, before I went to ministry at the age of 35, um, I was in the title insurance business in San Antonio, Texas. And so I bring to my skill sets not only whatever religious resources and what I've learned, but also some, you know, very, you know, kind of down-to-earth, practical, day in and day out of having to earn a check and provide for family. So I have a business background, too, I guess is the point. Beautiful. Well, before we get any further into you and what you have to share with us, I hate to keep our listeners on hold here about the whole story around forgiveness, but we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back. This is Leadership Development News, and we're speaking with Dr. Michael Berry. So come right back. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 
Listen for the American Advisor with Joe Battaglia twice every week. This is a live call-in talk show where Joe discusses the economic and political events that affect your investments. Joe's macro market calls have helped thousands of investors pave their way to a more secure financial future. As a bonus, everyone who calls into the program will receive a 1964 Silver Kennedy half-dollar coin that's been graded uncirculated. The American Advisor is heard every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel and every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Dr. Michael Berry. And we're just getting into the topic around forgiveness. And so what we did uh, ask you, Michael, before was um, just about your work in the hospital and a little bit about your background. So why would a, a cancer hospital be interested in forgiveness? Well, I couldn't answer that in terms of why any cancer hospital. I can tell you the reason why Cancer Treatment Centers of America is interested in it is because our patients want absolutely every opportunity they can to defeat that disease. When, and, and therefore, we have a commitment to mind, body, spirit, medicine. Dr. Jerome Grootman from Harvard Medical School said that true hope has proven to be as important as any medication he's prescribed or surgery he's performed, which means, reading between those lines, that uh, you know, medical science has its limits. Uh, uh, medicine can only take you so far. I, I did some uh, research uh, on the history of medicine several years ago and came across a manuscript 4,000 years old in India where the shaman or witch doctor or whatever they called their healers in, in those days said that, said that if a patient does not want to live or have a strong will to live, don't waste your medicine on them which is essentially what Grootman's saying, that, that medicine is good for you and is part of it, but our minds, our emotions, our desire to live, all factors into that as well. And so Cancer Treatment Centers of America has a commitment to holistic health care. So to say, you know, why, why would a cancer hospital, uh, this cancer hospital does it because our patients want to avail themselves of every conceivable resource let me uh, share with you a quote from uh, Robert Sapolsky. He's the author of uh, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers, I think it is. He says the continuum between optimal, normal, and impaired function is subtle. So, too, the line between health and disease is a fine one. And so the question that I ask myself is, 
Well, where is that line drawn between those who survive and those who don't survive? Uh, the chief of our medical oncology department here is Dr. Rudolph Wallace. He, too, has written several books. And in his most recent book, he says, the frustrating thing about medical oncology is that you can take two people with the same exact disease, uh, same stage, give them the same medication or treatment. One does well and the other one doesn't. And the one that does do best is the one who has the correct attitude, faith, belief system. They have a very positive orientation. And so there are subtleties to healing. Who knows where this line is drawn between surviving cancer and not surviving it. Our patients want every conceivable opportunity. And so a forgiveness intervention uh, fits very neatly into our medical paradigm here uh, for this reason. Stress is one of the primary causes for your immune system to underfunction, and I'll explain more about that in a second. But unforgiveness, which we understand to be the suppression of negative emotions, keeping all of that anger and hatred within you, is uh, very stressful. It takes a lot of energy to keep all that anger and hatred inside. So if you're dealing with patients who need to have their immune systems operating at the highest level, it makes no sense in light of what we know of the biology of stress and the biology of forgiveness to withhold this information from them. Uh, you don't have to work around cancer patients too long to realize that a very high percentage of our patients are carrying around a lot of stuff. In fact, um, and by that you understand, I mean, past anger and, and, and wounds and so forth. Uh, we're, I'm the uh, principal investigator on a research project here. And one of the things that we've learned is that 40% of our patients self-assess themselves with forgiveness issues and half of those with severe forgiveness issues. And you could probably double that for the people that really have the issues who just didn't want to admit it in front of someone that they don't know. So the point is anyone who works around a cancer patient population understands that there, is, there are wounds that have not been healed. There is anger and hatred that's being harbored. Sometimes it's against a medical professional, as an example. But it's, it's such a common human experience in working with cancer patients that to deny them what we know about the science and the biology of forgiveness and stress and so forth just is incompatible with how we think here at CTCA. We want to give everyone absolutely every chance. And so that's why we offer a forgiveness program here at this hospital. One of the things that um, has been intriguing for, for me as a scientist, as a sociobiologist, um, is the relationship between forgiveness and personal happiness. Can you talk a little bit about that? And, and I, I know that's going to lead into your, what we know today as the theophasic um, explanation that you use for, for forgiveness. So could you start with that and then help our listeners understand the details? Well, I know that uh, some research has been done through the University of Michigan on happiness, and what they've learned is that forgiveness is the number one trait for happy people. Um, you cannot live your life filled with anger and hatred about things that have happened in the past and expect to be a happy person. Um, you know, since we have a business audience, one of the things that we know uh, about research in that field is that people who harbor anger and hatred and do not process that 
are the least likely to get jobs if they are let go from one job and have to go to another. And the reason is because everyone can see the chip that's on their shoulder but them. Uh, you know, they have a way of alienating them. Angry people have a way of isolating themselves. There's a, a sociological aspect to all this. The angrier you are, the, more, the less likely you are to have people who want to hang around you. Mm-hmm. They want to be away from you. Who wants to be around someone who is, you know, seems like they're about ready to explode because of something that's happened? So we all can think of people like that in our own lives. We know angry people, but the, the sad part is is that forgiveness it doesn't seem to be a part of our our um, you know our modern social discourse here, here's something that may or may not uh, strike you as being odd I have yet to find one medical school one seminary or one university that teaches its caregivers whether MDs uh, physicians uh, uh, psychologists or pastors that that know how to teach people how to be happy. It just simply isn't part of the curriculum. And so as a result, we have a culture of very angry people because no one knows how to help people learn how to forgive. No one, I mean, I'm sure that many of your audience come from a religious background. There isn't a religion in the world that doesn't value forgiveness. It's shocking to me that their pastors and rabbis and priests are not equipped to be able to help people to learn how to do it. So when I'm with patients here at the hospital, um, I have patients that are quite often very anxious to learn how to do it because they've never even heard about it in their places of worship or anywhere else for that matter. So, Michael, with that, um, you were talking about the forgiveness program. You've tied it a little bit to personal happiness, which which is great. Is is the program available um, only to religious people? Are there members of a particular r- religious uh, tradition? Is it open to everybody? You know, I teach seminars all over the East Coast on this topic, and I actually have two presentations. I have one that's a secular presentation and one that's a religious uh, presentation. But let me just to help you better understand the role that religion plays in this. Uh, Fred Luskin at uh, Stanford University, he's the... Um, I guess, the founder of the Stanford Forgiveness Project, where they took Roman Catholics and Protestants in Northern Ireland and tried to help them learn how to forgive one another. I talked to Fred one time about writing a book on forgiveness, and he said, Mike, there doesn't need to be any more books written about forgiveness. There's plenty of them out there. What needs to be written is a book teaching, uh, motivating people to want to forgive. And that's the key. You know, I mean, even here at a cancer hospital with people who are willing to self-assess themselves with forgiveness, Motivating them to go through the difficult, often difficult work of forgiveness is the challenge, trying to motivate people. So religion is just a motivator. It's one among many motivators. There are, as I mentioned to you, sociological motivators. It may be, for example, you know, it's been so long since you've been happy, you don't even know what it feels like anymore. And you're just tired, you're sick and tired of dragging all this stuff around. So it can motivate you just because it's alienating people from you for sociological reasons that could be a motivator. Another one's biological motivators. I mean, you've heard of people say, you make me sick. Well, guess what? We're letting them make us sick because they're part of our present. They're not a part of our past. We're dragging them around with us. So we know, uh, and I'll better explain to you perhaps later about the biological aspects of it, but but the religious aspects of it is just a motivator. Uh, when we talk about uh, 
forgiveness, it doesn't necessarily have to do anything with religion. It just may be that their belief system, whatever it may be, Jewish or, or in fact, in my presentation, I use uh, quotes from all of the great religions. Uh, but it's it's only designed to motivate people to want to forgive because their religious tradition values and because they do, they're willing to go through whatever difficulty it is. So, so yes, um, religion is part of it, but the function of religion and forgiveness is really to motivate us to step up to the plate and to do the best we can to try and help put our past in our past. When you... Um help people who come to uh, cancer treatment centers for the first time, they get a, a menu, if you will, of integrative services that they are, are eligible for as a patient in the hospital and as caregivers for that patient. And they include certainly nutrition and um, mind-body wellness and certainly, you know, meeting with the physicians and going through treatment regimens. But how do they get to you, and how do you get to ask the question that helps you decide whether this person is holding on to something that they need to forgive? At our hospital, every new patient who enters into our system who is, who is coming in for an evaluation, a second opinion, could be a first opinion or a third opinion, but they're coming in brand new into our pipeline, as it were, Every person is scheduled to meet with all of our complementary and alternative medicine providers. And you mentioned the nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and mind-body medicine. It also includes pastoral care. Um, And so I'm scheduled to meet with every single patient. They don't have to see me, but I would say I see probably 80% of the patients. I mean, very few people are unwilling to at least, you know, hear what someone in pastoral care might have to say. And so it's during that time that uh, I meet with them for about 30 to 40 minutes, that I give them a spiritual assessment. It's called the Religious Coping, or or R-COPE form, developed by Kim Pargaman of Bowling State Green University. And in it, we ask questions about forgiveness. And it's during that time that we have a chance to uh, allow them to self-assess themselves with with regards to forgiving issues. And if they have them, then we can schedule a time to meet with them at some point either the next day or at some point during their treatment. Well, that's good. We're going to go to a uh, a break here, Michael, and we're going to come back. And then I think we will come back to uh, something you alluded to that we need to find about the biological benefits of uh, forgiveness. So this is Leadership Development News. We're talking with uh, Dr. Michael Barry, and we'll be right back. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. 
Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Are you sick of your career? Looking to escape the confines of a job, your boss, a long commute, no future, and low pay? What if there was a show that could help you start your own business? It's time to become your own entrepreneur. Tune in to Entrepreneur Live with Ray and John, featuring entrepreneurs Ray Burden and John Bronson. It's an atmosphere of total encouragement, secrets, and direction. Tune in every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're speaking with Dr. Michael Berry from Cancer Treatment Centers of America on the subject of forgiveness. So, Michael, now the, the patient has come to the hospital with their caregiver. Uh, they've been given uh, a, if you will, a schedule uh, of different meetings to attend to help them create the best treatment possible. And now they've met you. They have uh, filled out an assessment form, and you believe in your heart in the best interest of this patient with their caregiver, that forgiveness is an issue. So how do you begin that process? Well, uh, during the process, when I'm meeting with them, I, I share with them some information that I read from a book by Dr. David Seven Schreiber, MD, from uh, Pittsburgh Medical School. And we're talking about hope, and we're talking about finding motivation to continue the journey of life. He says that the first step in nurturing a patient's will to live is locating and treating past traumas. And this is someone in Dr. David Seven Schreiber who has survived stage four brain cancer. And so once again, it just underscores the importance of trying to deal with whatever, you know, emotional issues that might have lodged themselves in a person's psyche. So 
if they want to meet with me, then we schedule an hour to get together. And during that hour, I have a presentation where I share with them um, much of the information that we've talked about, uh, the fact that there are various kinds of motivators. And we go through you know, the various religions and how they value them. We also talk about some of the sociological aspects and try to just from a cognitive behavioral standpoint educate them about the topic. Uh, but if I could just briefly talk about some of the, the biology of stress or the biology of forgiveness. As I mentioned to you, unforgiveness is very stressful. It takes a lot of energy to keep that inside of ourselves. Now, again, why is that important for a cancer patient to know something about? So let me just briefly explain to you. It's only been in the recent past that the medical community has accepted the fact that your immune system does not operate independently of other systems. We have a cardiovascular system, we have an endocrine system, we have a reproduction system, a digestive system, etc. It's only been in the last 15 to 20 years that the medical community realizes that it does not operate independently. So here's how it works. A bear jumps out of the woods at you. Your immune system, uh, or excuse me, your nervous system begins ringing bells. You know, we have a problem here. And then what that does is it triggers your endocrine system, which uh, is your glands, to produce stress hormones. The two primary stress hormones are adrenaline and cortisol. The adrenaline and cortisol begin to marshal how your energy is going to be spent, and it does it this way. In the presence of adrenaline and cortisol, our arteries dilate. They become larger, but they only become larger in in, uh, direction toward your brain because you need to be able to think and make a quick decision in light of this immediate threat, and also your muscles, so so that you can either fight or flee. We've all heard of the, the fight or flight mechanism. The problem with that is, and that's great if a bear is jumping out of the woods at you, but what's happening conversely is that your other, uh, your other systems are shutting down. It's as though your body is saying, we really don't need to worry about digesting anything right now because we have a more immediate concern. Uh, your reproduction system, everyone knows young people who have a hard time having children because of the stressful lives they're living. That's what's, that's what's taking place there. But also your immune system shuts down. In the presence of adrenaline and cortisol, the production of natural killer cells goes to nearly zero. Why? Because as threatening as a tumor is or cancer cells might be, this more immediate threat of a bear trumps that even. There's a more uh, immediate concern for a person's safety and welfare. So here's the problem, though. Your mind cannot distinguish between a real bear or an imaginary bear. If we see cancer, if we see, you know, uh, any other source of chronic anxiety, uh, all that does is create all of these very fluid systems to begin to operate as though it were something as life-threatening as a bear. It's as though we have put the gas pedal to the floor and our systems continue to dump all of these hormones into our bodies which turn off your immune system making you vulnerable to a wide range of diseases. So that don't, I don't want your audience to hear me say stress causes cancer. We don't know what causes cancer, but we do know this. Stress creates a very good environment for bad things to happen to your body. And we know that it, it impedes the function, uh, your immune system function. So the challenge is with a cancer patient population is to help them begin, as, as uh, Dr. Zevin Savage-Farber said, locate these past traumas because they have not gone away. It's a little bit like uh, 
Kathy and Riley, it's a little bit like a green room. If, you, if you've been on a television program, you go into a green room and you sit there. These past uh, uh, issues that we have yet to resolve are a little bit like that green room uh, in our mind. They're there. It's right off stage, and it only takes a second to recall that. Well, the problem is, is that when we recall this hurtful event, all that does is, again, uh, cause us to relive this. Many of us, uh, and I'm sure in your audience, can close your eyes and imagine your worst enemy walking through the door. Imagining that, ruminating upon that, thinking about that person, does what? Causes all of those things to happen. It's as though they're actually there. So unless you heal that wound, it doesn't go away. And all it does is serve as essentially like kryptonite for our bodily functions. It creates a less healthy life, less, less healthy body, much, much less joy. Uh, and it's not until you begin to treat it that it begins to thaw as though water frozen under a bridge. The more we deal with it, the more it begins to go away. Uh, Kathy, we've had a conversation about post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. I was working on forgiveness for the last four years until I went to a seminar on post-traumatic stress disorder. And surprisingly to me, they're very similar. People are traumatized by a divorce. They're traumatized by a car accident. They're traumatized by any number of being fired. There's all different kinds of traumas that we experience. But what I've learned is that you really can help people learn to put their past in their past. And that's essentially what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is taking the anger and the hatred that we have and having it replaced by another feeling. It's, it's a feeling that is described quite often by my patients as a feeling of lightness. You know, we don't think about hatred being a burden, but it is. People who are able to put their past in their past and let it go actually feel lighter. So it's a remarkable thing. The process itself uh, includes, you know, helping people better, better understand uh, not only what forgiveness is, not uh, trying to address some of the barriers to it, but also trying to help them better understand some of the myths because there's a lot of confusion out there in terms of what uh, forgiveness is and, and what it's not. Well, one of the things that I always say in my discussions about the science of happiness, um, you know, which is this 50% genetics, 50% uh, is made up of 40% intentional activities, and 10% are the situation or circumstances you can't control, the part that you're referring to in this area of forgiveness is the um, the 50% plus the 50% of the, the part that's, you know, kind of the physiological, right, the genetic, the physiological, we can't control that. But the other portion of it is the stress that's related to dealing with it and the stress that we all know we get from just living our lives daily can build up and it acts much like the the body acts towards uh, towards this this cancerous tumor in trying to control it. So the biological function that you've just described to me is very simple. It's like being chased by a cave bear, right? That's what you're kind of describing. Right. Mm-hmm. And the adrenaline and the cortisol that starts circulating in the body to deal with it will be, in fact, lethal if we don't control it. And so the forgiveness aspect is taking every precaution you can, physiologically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, getting that cortisol intact, getting it 
in a place where you can control it and where you can minimize it so that you can get the best physiological reaction from your immune system. Is that Yes, and I think it's important to make a distinction because we we sometimes think of stress being the big enemy. It's Mm -hmm. not stress. Uh, You know, I would say, being a pastor, that God's created us and our bodies to be able to deal with short-term stress. You know, our bodies function very well under, you know, the day-in and day-out dealings that we have to to face and the stressors that we get. And sometimes stress can be a helpful thing because it can motivate you to do some things and so forth. The real enemy is chronic stress. It's, it's people who are stuck in a stressful environment. Uh, Kathy, I don't know how you might respond to this, but one of the country's top breast surgeons told me that the reason why there's so many more incidences of breast cancer is because women have entered the workforce now, and they have very stressful jobs, and they go home to even more stressful jobs at home. There's no relief. They are living chronically stressful lives without finding ways to cope effectively with it. It's all about learning to cope with the stress that we have in our life. And I'd like to pick back up on the other side, perhaps, and talk a little bit about coping mechanisms and how our faith and and so forth can help us with that. All right. That sounds like a good plan, Michael. This is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. Talk with Dr. Michael Barry. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Are you ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show with your coach, Rick Carrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Carrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. McGruff the Crime Dog here with my nephew Scruff. Here's the address for my new free comic activity book. Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, 60652. Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, 60652. It shows kids what to do about guns and drugs and bullies and strangers. And it's got games and puzzles, too. Write it down now. Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, 60652. A public service message from this station, the U.S. Department of Justice, the Crime Prevention Coalition, and the Ad Council. 
Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccianello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're speaking to Dr. Michael Berry, Pastoral Care Minister at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, author and expert on forgiveness. Michael, before we went to the break, we were talking about the background of cortisol and how it creates um, the the potential for biological reaction, uh, which causes um, the the stress. And we talked about um, the ongoing issue of coping, coping mechanisms. You started talking about women going into the workplace not getting enough um, break time between working a stressful job and then going home to what could be a stressful home life. Now, can you come back to us now with some applied uh, practices that you have designed and learned to use with this body of information, and what does coping really mean? Dr. Stephen Locke at Harvard Medical School did a research uh, project where he compared people who had high stress with high coping mechanisms compared to people who had high stress with low coping mechanisms. And the people who had high stress with high coping mechanisms had bodies that produced three times the number of NK cells, natural killer cells, which are the body's foot soldier in the fight against disease. So it's not always a matter of experiencing stress. I don't know where to go to not experience stress. The question is, how are you coping with the stress? And, you know, some of the very obvious things unrelated to forgiveness, but very quickly, are uh, eating well, uh, making sure that your, your diet is, is adequate, high in antioxidants, etc. Uh, but exercise, keep in mind that when we experience stress, our bodies, our, our uh, blood vessels dilate, but only to the brain and to the muscles. That leaves other parts of, of our bodies undernourished. And so when we exercise, when we get our heart going, it pumps the blood into parts of our body that are otherwise undernourished. So I can't think of any better advice to give someone from just a a physiological standpoint than making sure that if they are going to be in stressful situations, that they make sure that they're also getting some good exercise. We all know that intuitively, but the science bears out the importance of that. So let me talk just a second about the process of forgiveness and some of the how-tos of it. You know, this isn't rocket science, and I'm in the process of writing a book on the topic, and one of the things that makes uh, that my book is a little bit different from other books on the topic is that I don't offer, you know, ten steps. You can, there's hundreds of books written on forgiveness, and many of them offer three steps, ten steps. I've seen some even 20 and beyond. 
there is a psychological, neurological pathway that everyone travels down. But the path isn't the same for everyone. Um, I've had people experience this feeling of lightness that I was describing to you, where their hatred absolutely evaporates overnight. It's gone. It just disappeared. Now, I've also seen physical tumors disappear overnight, quite literally. I have seen miracles take place. In medical journals, they refer, that, uh, refer to that as spontaneous remission. Tumors just, for unknown reasons, just disappear. But in a spiritual world, it's much the same thing. I mean, what is hatred if it's not some sort of ugly tumor that has a way of infecting our entire life and making us miserable and our relationships miserable and our society and family, et cetera, et cetera, miserable? And, and it can just disappear if a person is ready to forgive. If a person isn't ready to forgive, I can keep them in therapy for six months and never get to first base. And so it's not a matter of giving people 10 steps, and if you go through these 10 steps, the question is, are you tired or, you, or have you had it with finally carrying this around, and are you really ready to let it go? I mean, that's true for any therapeutic relationship, but it's especially important for forgiveness. Are you tired of it? Have you had it? Are you ready to let it go? And if you really want to let it go, my experience is, that in the hour to two hours that I spend with patients, it just goes. People, people, I mean, anytime a human heart is transformed from being filled with hate to a sense of peacefulness, I think that's a miracle. And it can and it does happen if a person is ready to go. Now, having said that, and this applies also to my own life, I've had situations in my own life where I've had to have a process. And so the process that I use with my, uh, my patients isn't complicated. A lot of it's based upon the work of uh, James Pennebaker from the University of Texas and some of the research he's done on narrative therapy, which also correlates to treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder. But the idea is, is that you have to externalize it. And so we invite them to write for 20 minutes three times. Let's say 20 minutes in the evening, uh, 20 minutes in the morning, and then 20 minutes you know, the following afternoon, three times within a 24-hour period. And we don't tell them what to write about. We assume that they know what's going on um, and, or, or what it is that they need, where they need to start. So it's, 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 it's tabula rasa. We, we just invite them to begin the writing process. And quite often it's in that writing process they write, and they begin to externalize it. They begin to put it on paper. And then as they do that, they can take a look at what they've written. And often what has ensnared people are the lies that we tell ourselves, things that, we, that just simply aren't true, that for whatever reason we have exaggerated. I mean, forgiveness and unforgiveness and trauma in general, it's an aberration of memory. Sometimes what we do is we exaggerate things in our own mind. And when we force ourselves to write specifically about what really happened, we know what really happened. But at the same time, sometimes when we put it on paper, it causes us to say, wait a minute, that's not true. And as we encounter truth, you know, it's a cliche, but truth really does set you free. And so we don't invite people to write about it in, or share it with anyone. This isn't to be mailed to anyone. 
It's not something that we invite people to sit down with the perpetrator of their harm across the, the table from to begin to deal with it. What we invite, in fact, you can forgive people who've been dead for 15 years or longer. So it, it's not limited to actually communicating with anyone. It's just externalizing the uh, experience. It's, um, it's being vulnerable enough to put your feelings on a piece of paper. And then as you do, you know, I don't know what to say other than to say that as that process takes place and you go back to it the second time, you feel differently about it. You can't communicate it yeah, in the same way you're talking, your feelings have changed. Yeah, it, it's very important for, you know, our listeners because we're, we're talking to a group of, uh, you know, obviously people in, in business and industry who deal with these issues of forgiveness but don't know how to, how to deal with it. And the coping mechanism that you've just described, I believe, is helpful to anyone who has any kind of issue that they're trying to overcome. So I think that's a, a really great applied process. Um, you, know what, you know what sabotages us, Kathy, more than anything? No, what? Very interesting. What sabotages forgiveness more than anything else are feelings of vengeance, mm-hmm. uh, thinking in our minds about how we're going to get even. I mean, in a workplace, I mean, how, how common is that? Someone's, you know, done something that they shouldn't do. They've done research on forgiveness that shows when you think vengeful thoughts, it produces endorphins, which mimic morphine. And that's really not good for us. So you know what? I think we're going to just help people right now by having given them just some grounding in how to cope. And your story has been very profound and helpful in sharing your insights on the science of forgiveness. And if people would like to reach you, they can go to where, Michael? Ourjourneyofhope.com. Ourjourneyofhope.com. So to learn more about Dr. Michael Berry and his remarkable forgiveness process, please visit him there. Thank you. You've been listening to Leadership Development News. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.